Welcome to My Beautiful Stories, our conversations about finding the magic in the mundane. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of season 3. Today's story comes from Lucille. It's week 10 of isolated homeschooling following the COVID-19 lockdown in the UK and over four weeks since coronavirus entered our home. We still don't know exactly where it came from. I hadn't left the house for weeks with the children. Only for very isolated countryside walks, not even one shop. I'd painted a keyworker rainbow on our window, baked, homeschooled and worked. Totally isolated and socially distanced. But two weeks previously, over Easter, my youngest had gone into anaphylactic shock. The paramedics and hospital staff were beyond amazing, but we were in contact with a lot of people who had themselves been in contact with COVID-positive patients. Or we could have caught it from my husband. As a key worker, it was always a risk. His employer had taken every precaution, removing seats in communal areas, staggered breaks, strict social distancing and loads more. It made no difference. On Monday, he came home saying he thought he had a cold. I felt snuffly too. By Friday, I took the children for their walk over the village meadow. They played whilst I sat and watched them, taking photographs as they ran around and climbed the trees. But by the time we set off home, a headache was brewing. And by the time we got home, the headache had become unbearable, so I tucked the children into bed and went straight to bed myself. The headache continued over the weekend and into the next week, as did a funny taste in my mouth that made everything containing vinegar smell and taste quite awful. All of a sudden, I couldn't stand the smell of ketchup or salad dressing, but no loss of taste or smell. I started to feel a pressure on my chest, almost like one of the children was sitting on me, but no cough. Then came Monday night. We'd homeschooled, as usual, during the day, kissed everyone goodnight and settled them down. Everything was perfectly normal. But at close to midnight, we woke to a scream. I flew into the children's bedroom to find child number three sat on top of his sister's bed, shaking. Shaking like you sat him on top of a washing machine during the spin cycle. And he was saying he couldn't breathe. We found 111. He wasn't cold, like he said. He was boiling with a temperature of over 40 degrees. It took hours and hours. But eventually his temperature came down to 39, his breathing slowed and his fear began to subside. I tucked him into bed with me for a restless night's sleep. Tuesday went in a blur. The temperature was hard to control and I was beginning to feel fiercely nauseous myself. By Wednesday, all the children were sneezing and they all had headaches. Then on Thursday, child number four went down. The same heart temperature, the same panic, the same struggling to breathe. I could no longer stand and I couldn't keep anything down, not even water. It went on all weekend holding the sickest children close and laying very still, until finally, on Sunday afternoon, our doctor called for an ambulance. They arrived by 9.30pm and in I went. There is honestly nothing quite like kissing your family goodbye. 
not knowing what will happen next. I was lucky, beyond lucky. Two bags of IVF fluids and I was discharged with anti-sickness medication. No one could have known, but the tablets didn't work. 24 hours later, rapidly deteriorating again, my own doctor prescribed different tablets and I did turn a corner. It took another week before I could get out of bed and stand without falling. My husband went back to work, symptom-free after his 14-day isolation, and our new normal resumed. And so, to today. Four weeks on, we're getting there. The children still have upset stomachs and rashes and headaches, so we can't yet leave the house, but we're slowly reintroducing homeschooling and they're back to chatting to their friends on WhatsApp. I'm on my third prescription of anti-sickness medication as the sickness won't quit, and the virus seems to randomly come back some days to kick me for no reason. But there is progress. I'm beyond relieved that we made it and beyond thankful to every single member of the NHS who helped us. At the moment, they are doing the most impossible job in the world. 34 days on, we are still recovering, but are not well. Maybe we just got unlucky, but as a family of seven, only one of us was well and symptom-free within the 14 days most people expect. Thank you very much for this story, Lucia. This is a story of someone who had a very different experience of lockdown to our own. And it's very hard for us to imagine what she went through. Because she didn't meet anyone with COVID, respected the rules of social distancing, isolation, and yet she didn't have the opportunity, like a lot of other families with children, to just complain about homeschooling and how hard it is. Oh, I did plenty of that complaining. One first point that I wanted to make is how generous Lucille is to speak so beautifully of all the medical staff whom she met along the way. Not in terms of heroes, which in itself might be a word that might be laden with meanings that some of the NHS workers themselves might find problematic, but in terms of doing their job right, giving it their all. What a wonderful thing to hear this must be. Isn't that what we all would like to hear? You know that we did our job as we should and we are appreciated for it. I definitely would love to hear that about my job. But the other question that I would ask is, why did it happen in the first place? Indeed. And that's probably a question that's been asked during some of the previous pandemics that happened. Why do one family or a person get the illness if they followed all the same rules as someone else who didn't? Depending on your background and faith, you might have various explanations for it. But most would agree that we should try to find some meaning in it. And that often our trials make us who we are and shape us. What is important for me is how she faced this adversity, how she turned towards facing it. And the fact that she was ultimately able to share her story... And in fact, sharing her story with us, hopefully, makes us a bit more mindful, adds to our own understanding. Most importantly, we hope that Lucille and her family are recovering and are even stronger than they already were. And again, thank you for sharing this story with us, because even though you are still in the process of recovering from it, hopefully sharing it helps with that process, and it definitely taught us 
quite a bit. Our recommendation for today is My Left Foot with Daniel Day-Lewis as the main character. Yes, and we thought it just touched on a lot of subjects that appeared in today's story. The family bonds, overcoming one's situation and basically just putting one foot in front of the other in the tough times. And like Alexander mentioned, he's got an amazing role by Daniel Day-Lewis, one of his earlier ones. That's all for today. Thank you. And thank you, Lucille. Until next time. Until next time. This is it from us. If you like the podcast, please rate, review or subscribe. Get involved in the conversation each week on my Instagram account at stories.